I'm Kevin Price. You're listening to the nationally syndicated Price of Business program. Marianne Fairmouth, she's a regular on the Price of Business Media Network, and we love having her on the program each week, bringing her insight, particularly from her book that uh, I consider revolutionary when it comes to recruiting. You can learn more about Marianne over at Fairmouth, that's F-A-R-E-M-O-U-T-H dot com. Being unmessable with isn't about having some like I win lotto kind of life. It's about your real life and how do you be somebody who can create and fulfill on your vision in the face of all sorts of circumstances, good, bad, and ugly. There are opportunities for our work and careers everywhere, if you know where to look. That's easier said than done, especially in our fast-paced and constantly changing world. Marianne Fairmouth is talking to experts, employers, and job seekers to bring you insight and understanding about what's possible. This is Career Can Do, where we're navigating the new work world. Welcome to the Career Can Do podcast, a podcast dedicated to helping you navigate the new work world. My name is Marianne Fairmouth. I'll be your host for this episode, and today I am just delighted to have a guest on my show that is really doing some things out there that are making a real difference in the new work world. Jocelyn Herman Sasio is a transformative coach and course leader with over 30 years of experience as an author, CEO, community activist, founder of a nonprofit, and a coach. She has empowered more than 200,000 individuals to live the life of their dreams and develop themselves as unmessable with in the process. Unmessable with. That's a good, good, good name that I'm not used to hearing. Anyway, it is. It's one of those words. Yes, it is. Well, after that incredibly long introduction, if that happens <laughs> to you, help me welcome Jocelyn. Jocelyn, say hello, everybody. Hi, everybody, and thanks for having me, Marianne. Well, we're thrilled to have you here today. And I've been a career consultant for over 35 years. But tell me what you mean by being unmessable with. That's a new word in my vocabulary. Yes. You know, I was on a mission to get that in the dictionary. It took a little bit, but we got it in Webster's slang dictionary after about 15 years. So (laughs) it takes something. You have to be unmessable with to get a word in the dictionary. (laughs) I'll tell you what unmessable with doesn't mean, because a lot of people, they hear it and certain connotations come to mind. So it doesn't mean being tough and it doesn't mean, you know, suppressing your feelings and it doesn't mean being unable to be penetrated by what's happening. So here's what it does mean. It means being able to create, not react create in the face of any circumstance, in the face of any person, in the face of any thing that's happening, that you are able to create and stay in action on fulfilling your vision, your mission, your dream without being thwarted. Oh, I love that. And I love that word create. I love that word. Well, you know, Jocelyn, you've done so many things and you're so multicultural. I mean, you live in Paris, You've lived in New York. How did you embark on this mission of empowering people to live the life of their dreams? I mean, you certainly have seen lots of different people in different cultures, but 
this is a huge mission you've taken on. Tell us a little bit about it. Well, it started back in my very early 20s, which was a long time ago. And I had my dream come true. I mean, I had always dreamed since I was four years old to be a singer. And at some point I decided you couldn't do that. You can't do your art as your career. And that was like the truth for me. At some point in my early 20s, I was participating in a transformative workshop. And what I saw for myself is maybe that's not the truth. Maybe that's a decision I made at five years old in the infinite wisdom of five and sort of stuck myself with it like it was the truth. So it loosened its grip on me in that insight. And what happened was within three weeks of having that breakthrough, I'll call it, I got a record deal. And I was able to then go on tour for five years with a group called Boy Crazy. And we had a number one record. We knocked Whitney Houston out of the number one spot. She was at number one for like 100 million weeks with I Will Always Love You. We were the next number one. And that was a dream fulfilled that I never thought I was going to be able to fulfill. And in fact, I would have laid money against it. So it was in that time period where I decided, okay, I want my life to be about people fulfilling their dreams. I mean, if I could fulfill mine, why can't other people fulfill theirs? And I developed this passion for transformation and coaching people and designing programs that would facilitate that for people. That's wonderful. What better person as a coach could you have than one that's actually accomplished a dream they thought? was something they could never do. So the fact that you've done it and that you didn't give up, and even back then, it was probably even more difficult as it would be today. I think that says a lot. That speaks volumes about who you are and what you do. So how did you embark on this mission, though, of empowering people to live the life of their dreams? You know, I know you had this big breakthrough with the number one song, Mm -hmm. that you know, right there with Whitney, or I guess knocked Whitney Houston out. But How did you do it? I mean, what did you do after that? Well, I started an entertainment company. You know, a lot of my friends were actors, singers. They all wanted to do their art as their career and thought they couldn't also. So I said, well, you can. And I started to manage actors and writers and recording artists. And that's when I started my company many, many years ago. I mean, it was almost 30 years ago. And then I also started getting trained to lead transformative workshops like the one that I was in where I had that breakthrough. So I led programs for more than 30 years, and I've had my entertainment company for close to 30 years. So how I did it was I created structures. And then throughout the years, you know, Marianne, the circumstances of your life alter. I didn't want to be a pop star forever. I know that sounds crazy, right? But I wanted to get married and have children. So I got married and I had three children and I started producing movies. And I really wanted to work with the UN. So I created that and started to develop a curriculum with a nonprofit that I started and wrote some books. And so it all very organically emerged from my commitment to have people fulfill the life of their dreams, not someday, but now, and develop what I call their muscle to be unmessable with no matter what life throws at them. Because it's not like life didn't throw stuff at me. I mean, I had all sorts of challenges in terms of, you know, my brother dying of AIDS in the 90s and my mother having a stroke and all sorts of things happening that real life, being unmessable with isn't about having some like I win lotto kind of life. It's about 
your real life? And how do you be somebody who can create and fulfill on your vision in the face of all sorts of circumstances, good, bad, and ugly? I think that's just magnificent that you have that mindset. And I think that a lot of people right now are challenged. Yeah. Uh, Post-COVID is what I'm seeing. There's so much change and people are struggling. But what do you think are some of the biggest things that you've discovered really do mess with people? Well, in my coaching of people, what comes up are themes, themes of what messes with people. One is definitely limiting beliefs, like I had, in terms of believing that you couldn't do your art as your career. Having those kind of things be solid and the truth mess with people, definitely. You know, where you think something is true that isn't will keep you constrained. So that's one thing I've seen. And the other things are somewhat, if you think about it, it seems logical. Money messes with people relationships mess with people, people's view of themselves. So a lot of people talk about imposter syndrome now. That messes with a lot of people. And the whole world of scarcity, I think, messes with people. When people think there's a scarcity of resources or a scarcity of support or a scarcity of money, anything, people are stopped by things they don't immediately see a pathway to fulfill through. You know, right now, something I hear a lot about, Jocelyn, is this law of attraction. What we believe, what we think, our verbal messages, what we speak, is what we're going to attract. Do you believe that? I don't not believe it, but I think it's a limited concept because what produces results are actions. So whether you think it or believe it, if you go to the gym and do sit-ups, you will have abs of steel, whether you believe it or not. So I think it gets a little too woo-woo for me. I'm an action girl. However, I think the power of word and creation, which happens in word and speaking, whether it's in your head or out loud, is very powerful as a starting point. But if you create something and then don't act on it, it's a little bit like hot air. So I don't believe in just writing down a goal and hoping that it happens. You write down that goal, absolutely, but then take the actions that will fulfill on that. And then you got a recipe for success. I love that. I agree with your recipe for success. All right. And I'm not a woo-woo girl either. Okay. Yeah. Right. I'm I'm like, like, I mean, every once in a while, you know, I you know, I do like that kind of magical kind of stuff, but not like fantasized kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. No, you got to get your hands dirty. You got to yeah. do it. All right. And the other thing uh, quickly here, I'll interject is I don't think failure is so bad. No. If you do it and you fail, you're going to learn something from it. J.K. Rowling, I think, said, Sometimes failure can be our biggest success because it makes us humble, makes us have appreciation. Sometimes success can be our biggest failure because it can make some arrogant. But anyway, how do you think people can stay connected and inspired additionally, Jocelyn, in this new post-COVID world of business? I mean, connection, I think, is even more important now because we were so isolated for so long. So tell us how you think they can stay connected. Well, I think one thing that people can do is get clear about what their passion is, what their vision is, what their calling is, their raison d'etre, you know, what's their purpose? Because when you're disconnected from that, you're disconnected from life and you're disconnected from people. I don't care whether you're in person with people in an office or you're on Zoom all day long. You can be connected if you're connected to why you're here. What is the purpose of this phone call? Like of this podcast, why are we having this conversation? I'm very clear on my purpose is always to make a difference with people. 
and leave them with actionable steps to being unmessable with. I don't get disconnected from that because I make sure I don't. So I don't ever experience being disconnected. However, from what I hear from a lot of my clients, disconnection is sort of rampant, both disconnected from people because they're not physically in an office with people and also disconnected from their purpose, which is the biggest source of burnout that I've found with people. And that's a big issue. It's like an epidemic, people being burnt out, sitting in front of a screen all day long. So I think that's the key thing is to stay clear about and connected to your vision. I agree. I think one of the good things, though, Jocelyn, tell me if you agree with me on this, Uh that happened from COVID is Zoom, is the internet. Because I take a lot of classes in many different areas. And because of Zoom during COVID, I was able to meet people from Australia, from Italy, from Canada, from all over through Zoom that I've stayed in touch with. So I think in some ways, I still think being able to talk to someone and look in their eyes face to face is the best. But I do think that sometimes these other ways of connecting through Zoom or on the internet aren't so bad. I love Zoom. I mean, to me, it's enabled me to move to Paris because I can do my work from anywhere. And I was just leading an in-person workshop last week in San Francisco. It was the first time I'd been in person in a long time. And while it's amazing to be with people and it's so great to be able to look them in their eye and everything, I find that you can do that on Zoom very intimately. I mean, you're looking right at their face on Zoom. It's not like a room full of 500 people where it gets lost. And the other thing I found that even if you're in person, people can be disconnected. When you're not connected to who you are and what your purpose is, I don't care physically where you are. Being disconnected is not a geographical phenomenon. I agree. And I think you said a mouthful when you just said being connected with yourself. I think it all has to start there. Yes. You have to have that connection to who I am, to what I'm about, to what I believe. And I think in some ways, correct me if I'm wrong, because you're the expert on this, that might be an important step in the being unmessable with. It's the first step. It's the first step is what's your dream? I mean, that's the first question I ask people. What's your dream? What's your vision? What do you really want in whichever area of your life? So if I'm one-on-one coaching them, we deal with specific areas. If they're in my course, I just do it kind of broadly. What's your dream? But it always starts with that. And a lot of people are disconnected from their dream because they're so busy dealing with life and getting stuff done. They don't have time to kind of look up and out. They get caught up in looking down and in managing life versus creating it. So something that I hear a lot about these days being an executive recruiter is burnout. How can you support people, Jocelyn, in dealing with burnout or overwhelm or or even work-life balance, you know? Some candidates that come to me, you know, they work constantly and they say, you know, Marian, I want a job where I'm going to have a little more work-life balance or I'm so burnt out right now. I'm overwhelmed. I don't even know what the next step should be. How do you begin? Where do you start with a person like that? Well, I start with the context because from my perspective, context is decisive. And what I mean by that is if you're in a context, like if I was holding my finger up right now. And I said to you, in the context body part, what is it? You'd say finger. And if I said, okay, but in the context number, what is it? You'd say one. Because the same exact content looks and feels different depending on the context. And the context is all in language. It's all in words. So overwhelm or burnout is a context. 
it's not like a real thing out there, like a glass or a bottle or, you know, it's a context inside of which, like a lens, right, Marianne? It's like a lens through which we see life and it gives us our moods and our emotions and our thoughts and our ways of being and acting. So when I work with people on burnout, I first of all deal with, okay, well, what's your vision? What's your purpose? Because that can become the context in which they're doing their job. Otherwise, the context that they're working in is just getting a paycheck or getting through the day or dealing with what life is throwing at them. So I have a real life situation with somebody who was a salesman at a juice company and he was burnt out. He was miserable. He was getting to work late. He was starting to lie, cut corners. You know, he's just like on his way out the door. And when I started working with him, I said to him, well, what was your vision when you first started this job? Why did you even take this job? And he said, well, I really wanted to make a difference with people's well-being. I said, well, where's that in everything you just told me? And he said, it's not there. I go, exactly. Because context doesn't persist. The stuff in your calendar is there, but the context you have to keep putting there. So he created for himself that every call he was making now to sell juice was forwarding people's well-being, being impacted. And he tripled his effectiveness and was no longer burnt out and loved what he was doing again because he saw what he was doing as a pathway to fulfill his purpose. So that's what I would work on with people is the context inside of which they're taking their actions. Wow, that's powerful. And I think a lot of people, if they had someone like you to sit with them and go deep like that and understand where they're missing out or missing the boat, so to speak, could be revolutionary, could really help somebody be very transformative in their jobs, in their careers, in their personal life. You know, I'm a person that believes everything's connected, you know, yes. it's not the jobs over here, the personal life's over here, the health's over there. It's all interconnected. Post-COVID, I think we're all looking at a better way of life, a better way of being, a better way of doing. The more we can get in alignment with who we are. And for me, I think that's important, but I also think once we do that, and you've alluded to this in this podcast, once we do that, it's then how do you make a significant contribution? Yes. Because we can totally be in alignment with who we are and all of our gifts and our purpose and all that. But in my opinion, if we hold on to it and we don't share, we don't put it out there. Like this man you just talked about, the juice factory, okay? He probably really expanded his platform because he felt that he was doing something to make a difference. Yes. Can't say it better than you said it. You're speaking to the choir. I, I think that's spot on. Well, I'm a traveler. In 2019, I went to seven countries and I left. Wow. And one of those countries was France, but I didn't go to Paris. I went to Sets. I went to Provence. I went to Nice. But tell me, what a brave thing to do to move to Paris. It's been my dream since I was 16 years old. So that's 40 years I've been dreaming about living in Paris. And we go every year. We've been bringing our kids since they were born. And we would go for as much as a month at a time, you know. And last year, I was leading a course, the Foundation for Being Unmessable With, right? And I'm talking about someday. I'm talking about what are your someday dreams? Because someday is not a real day. And, you know, like I'm doing this whole thing about how someday is not real. And then I realized that I have a someday dream of living in Paris. And in that moment, I said, well, I got to practice what I teach here. And I looked at, okay, what actions have to happen for me to actually move to Paris? And by when am I going to do it? So I sat with my husband and we came up with May 1st as the date. And we started taking the actions of getting the long stay visa and 
downsizing in New York so that my two youngest kids would have a place to live and taking care of my parents who are in their 90s and I'm their primary person that cares for them. So it's like setting that up so that it would work and all the actions that had to happen, including getting an apartment there and all of that stuff. And May 1st, we got on a plane. Exciting. It's been heaven. That's wonderful. Well, you might, Paris is on my bucket list and that bucket list might get activated soon. Come on. After this podcast. Not someday. Somebody come visit and that's right. And I have a whole list. If you like coffee and restaurants, that's my thing. So I do. I do. Game on. We're getting near the end here. And tell us if somebody wants to get a hold of you and they really feel lost. They really feel like they're not unmessable with yet, but they want to become that way. How do they get a hold of you, Jocelyn? Well, my website is theartofbeingunmessablewith.com. And there's lots of ways to work with me from free email kind of courses to group coaching to workshop, all sorts of stuff. So there's something for everybody, including just my newsletter, so that you could get tips on how to develop your muscle to be unmessable with. This is wonderful. Well, I am just thrilled to have you on the show. And it's so nice to make your acquaintance and meet you. And Jocelyn, I always like to leave our listeners with two salient points to take from the podcast that can help them become their best selves, can help them on their journey to success in a personal, professional way. So if I asked you about two points to leave people with, what would those two points be? Well, the first one I would say has to do with your dream. Like, what is your dream? But what is the source of your dream? So did it come from someplace or someone else? Like, is it a default dream? Like society told you you wanted to have that dream of getting married and having kids and da-da-da. Did you get it from your parents? Did you get it from a TV show? Or did you really create it? Because if it's a default dream, no matter what you accomplish, even if you reach the dream, you won't be satisfied for more than a few minutes. And we've all had that experience of accomplishing things. And it's like, okay, now what? What's next? That's the first thing is distinguish whether it's a default dream or a created dream. And then the second thing I want to leave people with is about overwhelm. And there's no overwhelm in reality. It's a context. It's a concept. And if you can start getting everything that you're doing out of your head and into your calendar, I think the calendar is one of the most powerful tools you can use to create your life. You put it in your calendar, even things like taking a shower, doing your bills, whatever it is. And before you put the action, create a context. So if it's go to the gym, creating vitality, go to the gym. If it's doing your bills, creating financial integrity, do my bills. So that you are constantly creating the context for your life as well as the content. So when you say put on your calendar, you mean write it down. Or type it, however you do calendar. Yeah, and put it on paper and get it out of your head. Yes, messy. Something that you see that you have a, put a date by it. Well, I think this is wonderful. And I am thrilled to know you. I'm it's so great to happy you that too. you have time to be on Career Can Do. And all of this information also will be on my website fairmouth.com. But Jocelyn, you are really an inspiration and a true gift to so many. Oh, thank you so I'm much. So happy to be cross path. Me too. This is Career Can Do. I am Marianne Fairmouth, and we'll see you all next time. Bye-bye. Bye. We thank you for tuning in to our Career Can Do podcast. We make no guarantees on results for your particular quest, but we hope you enjoy the information 
presented. The views and opinions expressed in this program are solely that of the guest or speaker and do not necessarily reflect the views or positions of Varian Fairmouth and Fairmouth and Company. Thank you.